Welcome to the Young Money Diet Podcast. Today, we're coming at it from the beautiful outdoors of Alberta, <laughs> Canada. And as always, we're going to start off with a hot take. So my hot take today is um, all brand named baby clothing. The baby doesn't care what the brand of the clothing is. So it doesn't even make sense for them to like display some kind of identity, specifically when in a few months, you're definitely going to outgrow those clothes. So for myself, I just think, you know, I have not been a parent, so that should be like full on disclaimer, but it makes sense to me to have like hand-me-downs or talk to your uh, friends, specifically family. There's usually always like older siblings and stuff that it, that can always help you out with baby items. So that's that's what I would like to go with. People are going to, there's going to be backlash for a few reasons because a lot of people feel, oh, I'm going to buy the best things for my kid that I never had when I was young. Sure. Or they say, if it's more expensive, it's better quality, which is something I strongly disagree, disagree with, with as well. Yeah. Um, to some extent, yes. But when you're talking about a supreme brick or <laughs> Louis Vuitton snow globe, you're not paying for quality. Right. They have those, by the way. It's the, it's it's definitely the brand recognition. Supreme being the one that gets the obvious attention for a lot of reasons. They have Supreme Hot Wheels that sell for $1,000. Mm-hmm. It's it's, uh, it's pretty crazy. But anyways, we, we don't have to beat that one to death. We can talk about today's episode. So like we'd like to talk about becoming... A either a generalist or a specialist and whether or not what which route you should go to what are the advantage and disadvantage of going each way and if there's a hybrid that you guys can adopt so uh, I'll, I'll pass it off to you Raj let's start us off what do you think yeah this is something that I've really contemplated both in my life but also in my career is if it's more worthwhile to become a specialist or a generalist so um, Malcolm Gladwell's 10,000 hours is something that talks about Uh, It takes about 10,000 hours to become really good or skillful or advanced at something. So I I don't think that's a hard and fast rule. But if you want to become a very, very talented pianist or a really good ASME B313 mechanical engineer. Inspector or something. Exactly. It takes about 10,000 hours. So... That, if you think about it, is uh, there's about 2,000 hours uh, a year that you work based on a four-hour work week. Right. So then you need a minimum of five years. But I would say... Seven years is probably like... Probably seven to ten years on sole one focused area. Mm -hmm. You know, that's not regarding all of the extracurriculars, wasteful meetings, things you do at work that aren't adding to that skill. Right. So in my opinion... To become a specialist, and it's very, very important. I respect those people a lot. Um, you've got the Oppenheimers. You've got Albert Einstein. You've got people that have become very well-versed in one area, mm-hmm. Stephen Hawking's in physics. Um, and then you go to those technical specialist engineers or people at work that have that skill. And those people right. are always going to be employable at that workplace. Right. But then you've got the generalists, the people that have moved every two years, that have seen different parts of the business. And while they might be more expendable when it comes to layoffs or middle management cuts, um, I do feel in life, my personal opinion, and now I'm early in my career, that being a generalist is better than a specialist for most individuals, unless you find an area that you're super passionate about. That makes sense. So I want to add a couple things to it, and I'll try to like, go both ways with respect to this argument so i can see some benefits on becoming a generalist to the point where you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket right Mm -hmm. so if you were a horse carriage driver 
in in London in the 1900s mm-hmm. when the motor car came along you became obsolete because you knew that one skill and that skill is no longer applicable yes. to the economy and the industry with respect to that on the flip side of it if you become a generalist it's like the classic saying jack of all trades master of none mm-hmm. right and a jack usually doesn't get you a hand because it's again middle of the road you're okay you're serviceable but you become more expendable to layoffs mm-hmm. and at the same time it, it, the same amount of trust or confidence doesn't come to the work because you don't have that in-depth knowledge mm-hmm. to really go out there and say this is my area i know what i'm doing I can confidently make this decision mm-hmm. typically speaking. So I can understand both sides of it. Um any any comments on your end? Yeah, with conf- so I've gotten a lot of conflicting information when it comes to both being a generalist or a specialist mm-hmm. um in my career. So not just Shell, but that's the current company I've worked for for quite some time, but other companies I've worked for in my co-ops, mm-hmm. it's been very much told to me by a lot of my mentors, a lot of the people I aspire to be like that you have to spend insert amount of years here depending on the person, 2 years, 5 years, 10 years to be able to to, to be able to your vocation. Get, yes, yeah. to build a foundation and to then go and and make different decisions within the organization and well I do see that there's a lot of benefit to that cuz mm-hmm. you need to under, you need to have a foundational base I do agree with that of course the conflicting information that I've seen are a lot of individuals that are high flyers and and in positions where they're making decisions have spent very little time they, they in different roles and they've moved every 2 3 years so it's really conflicting information that I've seen where Okay Raj you should spend x amount of years developing this skill set before right. you should move on. So when I actually transitioned to my more recent role, it's completely 180s. It's going from a mechanical role into more of a process operations role. Mm-hmm. And I had different individuals hesitate and tell me, "Well, if you move too quickly, you're going to be jack of all trade master of none." Right. And for me, you'd have to take risks in your career and it was a risk I think You know, we'll it's see worthwhile. if it's worth the reward, but I, I definitely appreciate getting the different lens from the business and the different areas of how the business operates on that side of the coin. Right. Um, because I do think it's going to help me make better decisions, which I think is why the individuals that are making the big decisions have had are a different generous. breadth of different roles. So yeah, no, I agree with that because I think a lot of decision making has. the effect of tunnel vision almost so if you're running a business or you're talking about making a decision that affects the rest of like all of the business for example mm-hmm. you can't start thinking like an engineer or you can't start thinking like a person who's in marketing mm-hmm. or in accounting because your decisions like in your industry will be like it'll affect upstream downstream um your refineries all your operations so for you to only understand your area and sort of bias your opinion or decision with respect to that specialty likely will overlook potential um let's just call it like room for improvement that's available in some other areas that you're unaware of so, so what what do you feel the sentiment is the same at your company or in I, your industry I, I would say so so to a degree it's the same in terms of all the advice i've ever gotten was been similar like you want to get really really good like we have our entry point to be professional engineers at the bare bare minimum right and then you want to get like good at oh so you become like a project engineer a senior project engineer you understand how this process works from exactly when our products come into our door and how they leave our door so you mm-hmm. understand the whole operations and engineering side of it and then likely if you want to become more interested in leadership at that point you pivot a little bit more mm-hmm. but the idea is always a solid base where i don't 
fully agree with that in the sense that I believe the way you create value in in the economy that we live in mm-hmm. is by not necessarily being one of one but one of very few people who can do something in the world. Yep. So for example, if you are an accountant who also has a very very good understanding. Let's say you're an engineer and an accounting. So a double major. I don't know how many of them exist, mm-hmm. but then you create a market for yourself that nobody else gets to fill in because you understand how a pump works and you understand how a balance sheet works and how many people actually know that. Right. You know but mean? how long did that individual spend on each of those skills to become a a master. Yeah, That's w- another debate, right? W- which is a huge debate. And But the point that I'm trying to make is information has become commoditized. Like internet yes. has helped to the point where everyone has to be a self-learner now. Mm-hmm. I understand the allure behind going to university, getting that degree, getting an advanced education, if that's your path. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't have to. If you want to learn things about the job, you can learn it on the job yeah. and you can learn on honestly YouTube there are so many brilliant.com there's so many different places yeah. where you can just pick up skill like you and I picked up like you know you know about some audio stuff now I picked up video editing how to start a podcast yeah. no, one, no one teaches you any of this you just like read some blog posts and you start one day yeah and I think that's that goes to being more of a generalist and I think it's especially important for entry level positions so mm-hmm. I know I, I have quite a, a good relationship with a lot of recruiters from different companies and within my own company and the sentiment is always that they're they don't expect entry level individuals to be experts at anything of course but they want to see that somebody is a learner and they're they can have a, a big different diverse skill set that they're willing to go out and try different things and experiment with different things. Mm-hmm. So I know, and one of the reasons society values entrepreneurs so much now is not only the, the value in the products that they're creating, but right. those individuals that have the grit and the, the risk tolerance to Just. go and build something from scratch, mm-hmm. they need to be a generalist at everything. They need to understand uh, cash flows. They need to understand marketing. marketing they need to yeah. understand customer service. They need to understand tech if they're building some sort of software development. Um, you need to understand so many different things before you can actually build a sustainable either platform or product or company. And then you can start hiring individuals to take on those roles. Yeah, I, I think learning is such a huge key in today's world. Like you have to be like, I think in at least 30 to 40 years ago, you could have said like, I'm a lifelong learner mm-hmm. and kind of use that as a punchline. But today it's really true if you're not evolving all the time. Like you and I are currently working on, I know we have some like, you know, technical deficiencies in terms of we don't know how to automate some things Mm -hmm. those are things that you and i can work on to just get better maybe learn some aspects of marketing in general and understanding those will always i don't even want to say give you a competitive advantage but more gives you a better perspective Mm -hmm. that a lot of people are going to miss so my advice to someone who's potentially starting out in university or someone who's younger would be to not just become a generalist or become a specialist. You probably want to become a specialist at three different things. Yeah. And I think the best ones are the ones that become specialists in three unlikely things. And mm. then there's a common region in the Venn diagram where you're genuinely pretty close to being like one of five people in the world who can do what you do and yeah. no one can take you out. Like if you're an engineer who's incredibly good at public speaking, for example, right? Mm-hmm. Um, then you could maybe 
start a YouTube channel and explain engineering concepts in a, in a way that is more helpful because you and I have both seen professors. They're incredible people. They're really, really smart. I have nothing against them, but their ability to explain things mm -hmm. in simpler terms to students isn't always revered. Yeah. So Khan Academy is a perfect example. Look at where that gentleman is right now. And he's like a philanthropist. He's giving away all this content for free. Yeah. But that's his strength. Like he could have probably gone in and just became another scientist or an engineer, but he chose not to. So I'll, I'll play advocate for the specialist. Um, anytime <laughs> poop hits the fan, <laughs> those are the people right. that make the really tough calls. Right. And those are the people that are looked upon to help troubleshoot or help solve problems. So even if you're thinking in terms of law, taxation law, and there's some sort of big corporate issue, they need somebody that's a specialist. Yeah. My biggest problem with it, um, starting my career, is we're so young and exposed to so many different things now mm -hmm. that it's really hard, unless you know what you're passionate about, it's really hard for me to say, I'm going to sign 10,000 hours to become very skilled at this one specific role because this is just the role I found myself in at that certain time. Yeah, you just stumble and, across it. Yeah, yeah. and so... I think it's important to recognize that there's specialists everywhere and we're going to continue to need them. Like you said, we could yeah. build a skill set that only you, you're the top 5%, top 1% at that skill set. But mm -hmm. I think getting to there takes a lifetime for a lot of people. I know no, for me, there's I fall into the trap of, um, so one thing Akash mentioned and something I try to follow now is do one thing and do it very well, yeah. one thing at a time. Yeah. Or So I, I do the, the Warren Buffett top 25 goals. Yeah, that's goals. your thing. So what that is, just really quickly for the listeners, is you write down as many things as you want to do, big, small goals, yearly, something that takes a year, something that might take 10 years. Mm -hmm. Write down everything you can think of. I want to read every day. I want to read this specific book. I want to start a podcast. I want to get this job at this company. Mm -hmm. And then sleep on it. Then the next day, you can only if you can only do five and you have to ignore all of the other ones, Think about it for the day or the week and pick those five on another list and that is your focus list. Mm -hmm. And all other things on, on the original list, all your goals, right. become avoid at all costs until you can start crossing things off that five, that uh, top five list. Yeah, and I, I want to echo some of the specialist sentiment that there are some jobs that will require you to become a specialist. Like if you want to be... Uh, an underwater welder, mm -hmm. you don't get to be a generalist. Like, okay, I shouldn't say that. You probably have to learn how to like scuba dive and there are other additional skills that come with it. Mm -hmm. But generally speaking, that's not a transferable skill in most settings. So you want to have a few of those things. The way I want to round this out is in some ways, your passion project doesn't have to be your vocation. Like your mm. why doesn't necessarily have to be your career. It just has to make sure they don't clash. So if mm. you happen to be an engineer who's really interested in uh, restoring antique or classic cars, for mm. example, you could, there are a thousand people out there who is going to definitely tune in and understand or try to listen to what you have to say. Mm -hmm. You might even make a ton of money just flipping cars, like looking at opportunities, polishing them up, fixing them up, getting them up to code, and then just sell it or to collectors mostly. Mm -hmm. But that could be your passion project independent of what your career is mm -hmm. today. And in if you can at least split your passion from your vocation in some regards, mm -hmm. then by default, you become a little bit more of a generalist. Because for that other thing you have got going on, your pet project, you need to get 
um, more it's not just about like oh I'm a carpenter I'll just build furniture it's not just that simple mm-hmm. you pick up additional skill project management okay I'm, I'm going to buy a ho- going to Home Depot buying like you know raw materials how do I put it in like Google Sketch put it together mm-hmm. and all of those skills are a lot more transferable than maybe the fact that you're just a welder who's doing this on the side right yeah and I, I, I see so I think my be saying I, I value generalists more than specialists in terms of my own personal life I do very uh, you can appreciate what the specialists do so for, sure. for me if I needed to replace my roof I've done some roofing before in the past but doesn't mean you're gonna go out and do that exactly yeah. so that's one really small example of how you want to pay somebody for their skill set mm-hmm. um, because you know they'll do it faster they'll do it cheaper they'll do it better, better quality speaking, yeah. um so you know i can appreciate me as a generalist i can learn different skill sets especially with youtube you can learn anything changing your headlights for example on your vehicle i can do that but i'm not going to start taking apart my engine even though i'm an engineer because while i might have the skill set or be able to learn it i don't want to sacrifice the time to become that special specialist yeah how many times are you going to use that throughout your life your opportunity cost for learning and the fact that your car is going to be out of commission for two months is mm-hmm. too high like I think I read it somewhere that most divorces start with home renovation projects <laughs> and it yeah. just that's what I rem- like I sometimes look at someone and it's like oh like I'm just gonna do my kitchen if you are not the type of person who loves tinkering and who just has like you know affinity for going out and picking out granite and marble don't yeah. because likely yes you will save some cost maybe by doing it yourself which doesn't value your time by the way which people ignore often mm-hmm. um just the headache alone generally isn't worth it. Yeah. So if you want to learn something, make sure it's a compounding skill that you can apply at multiple situations. Like one of the ones that I always, I wish we could all be better is selling. And mm. selling is so, like if you can sell this mug, you can sell yourself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But vice versa, if you can sell yourself, you can likely sell other things. So that that's that's really interesting you mentioned selling so that you that's why it's so important to have a multi-diverse skill set because it doesn't matter how skilled you are at something you need to be able to sell yourself you have to sell yourself at the job interview you've got to sell yourself on your resume you've got to network and still convince somebody else to say yes yeah and take a chance on you right and so there's so many of these soft skills that aren't taught in university and while there's 50,000 people that are eons more intelligent than I. Yeah. Um, I still ended up getting the job at Shell over a lot of probably more qualified individuals in terms of skill set and knowledge because I had other skills based on being a generalist yeah. to be able to sell myself and, and the skill sets I do possess. Right. And I, I guess we're going to kind of wrap this conversation up. Something I do want to mention, that uh, this seems to be a misconception to me. So it's a little bit more of a second hot take. You don't have to be an extroverted person to sell yourself. You don't have to be. Mm-hmm. And and the way I introvert, uh, like I define introvert and extrovert people is, let's say an introvert person starts with five tokens in the beginning of the day. And every time they talk to someone, they lose a token. So they're so mm-hmm. their energy level at the end of the day goes down the more social interactions they have. Mm-hmm. An extrovert person's the exact opposite. They start with an empty bucket. The more people they talk to, the more energetic and hyped up they get mm-hmm. by the end of the day. So if you are an introverted person, it doesn't mean you're doomed for selling yourself or anything like that mm-hmm. it just requires some practice just like anything else so yep. the more you talk to people the more you get a, and you can talk to the same five people but try to have a diverse conversation try to 
approach topics that you're un- if you're uncomfortable discussing them you can have like let's say if you and i had a nice chat about abortion for example it doesn't mm-hmm. seem like it's something that'll pay dividends right away but then all of a sudden we're comfortable with having uncomfortable conversations yeah. so when you're going for a negotiation with somebody you've done this before a little bit so your brain's kind of primed to it but that's that's what i wanted to add today raj i don't know if you want to have anything else you want to talk about no i think it was nice the first outdoor episode of the season and uh go oilers go go yeah we're (laughs) on a four game winning streak and i hope uh we're really really doing well this season i've been waiting for this season for a long long time so raj as always remember to stay hungry and stay humble